0: Hello, my friends. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Alam, and I'm glad to be able to be here with you today and teach you from the Word of God. Uh, I trust you are being blessed by these teaching sessions, and um, if the Lord has done anything significant in your life through this, or you have learned anything, or you have any suggestions of future subjects that I should teach, please do write to me and make your suggestions. I'll be wonder. it would be wonderful to hear from you and get some feedback wherever in the world you are. Well, God bless you, amen. So, uh, we are now we are actually in the subject of the blood covenant and we are talking about the new covenant. We've spoken about the old covenant and now we are talking about the blessings of the new covenant. And yesterday we started with Yahweh Rapha, uh, the equivalent of that. In the New Covenant is that our Jesus is a healer, and um, that's what we are talking about. We are talking about Jesus Christ the healer, and um, I started with first peter two twenty four uh, which says, "Who his own self bore our sins on his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 42-42, 40 it says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean and as soon as he had spoken immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed amen now there's uh, a couple of things here in the scripture that really stand out the first thing is that back in those days you know in the old in the old testament you will read that lepers were uh, unclean not just because they had uh, you know the leprosy was a contagious disease but also, they were ceremonially unclean, which means that anybody who touched a leper, who came into had any physical contact with a leper, would also become unclean. So that's how it was. And so you had this leper, and, and you know, leprosy had a, was a terrible disease. If a person was a leper, he would be uh, outcast. Uh, He he would be an outcast from society. So what they used to do when the family figured out this person has a leper, then the next thing would be that the priest would declare him uh, uh, ceremonially unclean, according to the law of God. And then the leper would be taken out of the city and he would be put in a leper colony. Uh, He would be out of the city because lepers were not allowed to live uh, with the general uh, populace. And so they were consigned to leper colonies and leper colonies were places where all the lepers would live and their families would come with food for them and leave the food outside the leper's colony, the leper's camp. Then the lepers used to come and get the food and they were rejected by society, rejected by their families. Nobody would touch them, and uh, nobody would have anything to do with a leper, and normally lepers died. You know, that, that was the end. So they were, even their own children, their wives, nobody could hug them or touch them, and they were rejected, and they lived in leper colonies until they died. Now, leprosy is a terrible disease. I have seen lepers uh, growing up, and I tell you, its it's a disease that attacks the the nervous system and uh, it eats up your flesh it works on your extremities like for example your fingertips your toes your nose your ears these are the first uh, parts of your body to to see the effects of leprosy and 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 the disease begins to eat up the flesh and each of the flesh from the face. It's, I, have, I remember uh, when I was about, uh, I think, five years old or something like that, five years old or six years old, I still have this vivid, vivid memory. There was a leper who came to our door begging, and, um, and he, uh, he had no hands. And uh, his face, I'll never forget his face. All the flesh was eaten, eaten away from his face, And it was like looking at a skeleton. And you could see a gaping hole looking straight down into his throat. It was such a horrible, horrible scene. i would never seen anything like it in my life. And that was a leper. And uh, so you had these lepers. And I remember uh, years ago, many years ago, I was preaching in Asia. And uh, one day, some some of the pastors, they said, uh, Pastor Christopher, there's a a Christian brother. He's a leper. He has contracted leprosy and he's in a leprosy hospital. Would you please go and pray for him? I said, uh, sure. And so my only, you know, my memory of lepers was that uh, man uh, I had met, you know, uh, when I was a child who had come begging to our door. That was my enduring memory of lepers. So so I knew it would be bad. I, I was reluctant, but since they had asked me, uh you know uh, so pleaded with me so i said okay fine take me there so they drove me to this leprosy hospital and they parked outside the gate and it was a series of buildings there were i think four buildings on each side long buildings and they said to me uh, we sat in the car and they said it's that building and you go in and it's the last bed on the left and I said, aren't you coming with me? They said, no, 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 please, you go yourself. We don't want to come with you. I said, why? They said, no, no, Pastor, please, you go. We don't want to come. So I said, okay. So I, I, <clears throat> I'm I, sorry. I walked to the designated building and I entered the building. And the stench was most, I mean, it was horrific. There were all these, there were these beds on both sides. And they were, I mean, human beings laying there or parts of human beings laying there. And it was filthy, the stench was incredible. They were covered with, with their own human waste and urine and nobody had cleaned them, nobody had helped them. They were just laying there and uh, it was terrible. And I remember taking a deep breath and, uh, and holding my breath and walking right to the end and, um, and then he was this brother and, and, and he was laying there and I put my hand over him and he begged me. He says, please touch me. And I said, oh Lord, I don't want to touch this man. And he begged me tears in his eyes. He says, pastor, please touch me. So i touched him. I put, just with my fingertips, I put my hands out and I prayed a prayer for him in the name of Jesus. And the Lord said, if you're going to pray here, you pray with all your heart. Don't pray those bedroom prayers you pray back in Sweden. So I prayed a a real, you know, strong prayer. And then I said, Amen. Then I turned around to walk out. And as I was walking out, suddenly one man jumped out of his bed and grabbed my ankles and then others came and several people were grabbing my ankles and the stench was rising from them. And they were begging me. They said, they said, Please don't go. Please touch us like you touched him. Please touch us. So there I was. And what could I do? I laid my hands and prayed for these people in the name of Jesus and touched each one of them. And then I left the place. When I left the place, I. I took a deep breath, I mean I had to take deep breaths of air, air because I felt the stench was now inside me. And anyway, I walked back to the car and uh, I entered the car and, uh, and my hands, you know, I had touched these people with these hands and I said I need to wash my hands as soon as possible. I was so horrified. Anyway, I, I touched my, I, I, I came back to the place where I was staying, I washed my hands and then I found out that that brother and several, a number, I don't know if it was all, but quite a number of them or most of them or all, whatever it was, it was so many years ago who had been healed and God had healed them. It was absolutely wonderful to hear that. And then I realized, uh, it, it came to realize that no matter how terrible a person's situation is, Jesus loves them. Jesus died for them. And Jesus is always willing to heal them because he bore their diseases and he carried their infirmities and with his stripes, they were healed. Hallelujah. So here is, when I read the story of this leper in the Bible, I can imagine because you see these lepers, when they moved, if for any reason they had to move, you know, some of them couldn't even walk because their feet were gone, eaten up. But those who could walk, Uh, sometimes they would move from one place to another one town to another whatever and when they would go they had to shout they used to wear these hoods and they used to shout unclean unclean so people uh, who saw them coming would move out of the way because these were these people were unclean so here is this leper and he he sees Jesus and he he comes to him and I can imagine some of the disciples must have picked up stones to throw at him because that's what people do. Where I grew up, when you see a leper coming towards you, they throw stones at them just to keep them away. And so, and, and Jesus said, no, no, let him come. And he came and he knelt in front of Jesus. Nobody wants a leper in his proximity, nobody. But Jesus let this guy kneel before him. And this is what he said. This is what the leper said. He said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, this is interesting because he had no doubt when it came to the ability of Jesus to heal him. But he was not sure about the willingness of Jesus to heal him. Now, listen, faith is not believing in God's ability to do anything. Look, I grew up as a Muslim, and as a Muslim, we believe that, of course, God can do anything. Anybody who believes that there is a God believes that the very concept of God means that he is an all-powerful being, and he can basically do anything he wants. So faith is not believing in God's ability to do anything but faith is believing in God's willingness to do anything not that he can heal but can he but does he want to heal me and that is that is what faith is and so this man he had no doubt when it came to the ability of Jesus to heal him but he had doubts about Jesus's willingness to heal him so he said Lord if you can, no, he says, if you will, I can be clean. He said, no, sorry, I'm, I'm speaking out of my head. If you will, you can make me clean. If you will, that means that I don't know whether you will, but if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Now, Jesus was not only moved by people's faith because we always hear faith moves God. Yeah, but there's another thing that moves God and that is compassion. Compassion is a quality that bridges over people's lack of faith. The compassion of God is so wonderful that the compassion of God, it can bridge that gap between faith and unbelief. It reaches out and touches people and heals them. Hallelujah. Now, let, let, let me tell you, I, I must pause here and, and tell you what compassion is and what compassion isn't. Compassion isn't just feeling sorry for a person because of the um, situation that he's in. Anybody can feel sorry for people in 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 a bad situation. You don't have to be a Christian to feel sorry for people. Everybody has the ability to feel sorry for people. So, but com- but feeling sorry or pity for people is actually a force of the human soul, you know, of the mind, of the emotion. But compassion is a force of the spirit, of a force of the human of of the of uh, let, let me put it this way. Compassion is a force of the human spirit because of the Holy Spirit who lives in that human spirit, if you understand what I mean. So when I say is a force of the spirit, I don't mean only the Holy Spirit, only the human spirit, but a com- but a combination of the two. And this is how you get compassion. You see, if you just look at the needs of the people around you, Um, If you are need oriented, need driven and you, you look at needs around you, you know what's going to happen? You are going to crack mentally and emotionally. You are going to crack because no person on this earth, however strong he may be, has the capacity to carry the burdens, the sufferings of the whole world. Nobody has that capacity. There was only one man who could do that, and that was Jesus. He was the only one who could carry upon his own self uh, the sorrows and the burdens and the grief and the distresses of all mankind. Nobody could ever do that. And I would advise you, don't even go there. Don't don't let the sufferings of the world overwhelm you because it's going to break you. You are not designed to carry that kind of burden. Only Jesus is. But this is what compassion is. Compassion is when a man or a woman seeks the face of Jesus. He seeks Jesus. And his one desire is to be one spirit with the Lord. So, as you know, in Corinthians, Paul said, he who Uh, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. So if I seek the Lord with all my heart and begin to have communion with the Lord, you know, I commune with the Lord, fellowship with him and uh, surrender to his lordship and let my heart, my soul, my mind be totally his and just uh, um, come into that communion with Jesus. What will happen? There will come a point that in the course of that communion that Jesus who carries upon himself the burdens the sufferings of the whole world he will take a piece of that burden and he will put a little piece of that burden on you and this is a rough way for me to explain it you know and and this is what will happen when Jesus puts that burden on you you will suddenly begin to feel the uh, the suffering of that other person, and sometimes I know it has, it can. If if you're praying for, a, you know, uh, Jesus sees the sufferings of a sick person, you might even feel that pain that he's feeling in his body on your body, and you, you know, that that's that's the extreme um extension of this that you actually begin to feel the the pain and the suffering of another person. It can be emotional, it can be physical. And then the moment you feel that you you feel and and you feel and, and you know there's nothing wrong with me emotionally. There's nothing wrong with me physically. So then why is this happening to me? So you get into prayer and you come into deep intercession and sometimes it's to groaning and travailing and weeping. And that's what is happening. That is when you are being moved with the compassion of God and you're actually moving, not for your own needs, but for somebody else's need. And you pray, you enter into prayer and intercession until that burden lifts and when that burden lifts, a miracle takes place. I have seen this many, many times in my life. God has moved on my heart and it has always been for somebody else and I have entered into deep prayer and deep intercession and weeping and crying and then uh, suddenly the burden lifts on me and I feel the victory and I begin to laugh and rejoice and praise God and then I hear it was somebody else. uh, I was in, in a situation like this in Sweden where the person... Uh, was actually in front of me in the same room. And this was a guy. Anyway, they had a very bad situation. His wife was very sick and he was doing things to her that were not very nice. And and uh, and, and I had rebuked him. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details, but he came to see me. He was very angry because uh, uh i i i I was mad at him and i had said in my anger the way he had treated his wife who was a godly woman i had said some things that had made him angry and i and anyway so i i basically told him what i thought and um and i told him what he was doing was wrong and that he should repent and anyway i got up and i was leaving the room and the moment i I stepped over the threshold. I remember I threshed, stepped over the threshold of the door when suddenly the compassion of God hit me. And I turned around and I began to weep. And I walked up to this man and I sat on the coffee table. He was sitting in the sofa. And I grabbed his head and held his head here to my chest. And I just wept like a father would weep for a child. And I remember <coughs> even crying out. I said, Father, I... Pray for this man like I pray for my own son. And he was actually older than me. And I was weeping, weeping. I just wept a long time. And all the time thinking, what am I doing? Why am I weeping? I mean, but I didn't know. This had come over me. And I was weeping, weeping, weeping for him. And then suddenly that thing was lifted from me. And I began to rejoice. And what happened at that moment, his wife, who was in another part of the house, and she was completely healed and uh, and the the contention between them was because her sick her sickness and you know things he was doing and and God touched him and totally transformed him and this family was totally totally restored so I'll never forget that so you know uh, this is what compassion is. Jesus was moved with compassion. It is not because you feel sorry for a person's situation, but it is, it, is, it is something supernatural, something wonderful when God puts a burden in your heart for another person and it's all supernatural and you pray that thing through. And so when Jesus saw that leper, it says he was moved with compassion and he put forth his hand and touched him. And said unto him, I will be the unclean. Now, here's the other thing was that Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Normally, if anybody else would do that, he would be unclean. But Jesus, oh, hallelujah, Jesus is Jesus. He's the, the, the purity that is in Jesus is greater than all the uncleanness of the world. So when Jesus touched this untouchable man, when Jesus touched this man who nobody else would touch, what happened? The power of God came. And and then Jesus at the same time said those words because he had said, Lord, if you will, I can be clean. He said, I will be thou clean. Jesus said, I will. That means I want to heal you. And Jesus says this to you, if you're suffering from any sickness and disease, I want to heal you. I want to heal you. This whole thing about that people have made up about the sovereignty of God, that sometimes God doesn't want to heal you for some reason. Listen, that is not found anywhere in the Bible. That is something that people have made up as a cover up. That's what people, listen, believe me when I say this. That is something that people have made up. The sovereignty of God is not when God does not fulfill his word because you see the word says Jesus bore our diseases carried our pains and with his stripes we have been healed. The word of God when it comes to healing it's very very clear that Jesus healed everybody and that healing is a part of the atonement and anything which is a part of the atonement that happened upon the cross is for everybody and God will never deny a human being. He will never say, "Oh, I will not save you because of this," and or I will not heal you because of this, because numbers 23:19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should change his mind. If God goes against his own word, then that doesn't make him sovereign, but that makes him a liar. And God cannot lie there's one thing that god is unable to do and that he is not able to lie so if he says that surely surely without any doubt jesus has borne our diseases and he has carried our pains and by his stripes we are healed and that that whole uh, uh, whole verse is prefixed by surely that means without any shadow of doubt jesus christ has. He has already borne our diseases. He has carried our pains and with his stripes we are healed. Then it is something that is done. It is something that is established once forever and nobody has the right to come in there and interject something into it and say, oh, the sovereignty of God. Now, let me tell you what the sovereignty of God is. The sovereignty of God it means that God will do more than what he has promised, not less than what he has promised, but he is, the Bible says that God is exceedingly able to do far above and exceedingly more than anything we can think of and ask. That is the sovereignty of God. That means that, that uh, um, you know, look, like this man, he didn't meet the conditions. You know, there's a condition if you want to, receive a healing and that is his faith and God's sovereignty is that God is so good his mercy is so great that he even heals people who have no faith and that is the sovereignty of God so I want you to always remember that think of it this way that God is is so good and he's so wonderful he's so loving and merciful that he even touches people who have no faith, and that is the sovereignty of God, okay? So, but, but to the sick, he always says, I will be thou clean. This is what the man said, Lord, I don't know whether you will. I know you can, but if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be thou clean. Hallelujah. And that word stands today. So, remember that. And then it says, verse 32, And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy Departed from him and he was clean. As soon as the word went out from his mouth, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was clean. You know, many times it was the touch of Jesus and many times it was his words, but this time Jesus touched him and he spoke. And he says, as soon, he says, the moment that Jesus spoke, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Suddenly, when Jesus opened his mouth and spoke, the impossible became possible. And so it is also for you, my friend, when Jesus opens his mouth and speaks his word, your impossibilities become possibilities because our God is a healer in the Old Testament. He says, I am the Lord, your physicians in Exodus 15, 26. But here it says very clearly that Jesus Christ is our healer. In fact, you know, when I was a Muslim, even the Quran says that Jesus Christ is a healer. Can you imagine that? Even the Quran, which is the holy book of the Muslims actually says that Jesus Christ is a healer. So when I go and do my meetings, my campaigns, a lot of Muslims come if there's Muslims in the area. And and they come because they said, well, you are preaching about Jesus and we believe Jesus is a healer and Muslims have great faith for miracles. I remember the last one of the last Crusades I did in uh, in, 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 in South Asia. We had a whole bunch of Muslims come wearing their long shirts and these caps and there was one guy. He He, he I remember the first time he just looked at me like this and the second night. He comes to the altar call and he sees the miracles. The third night, I mean, he was one of the Muslim leaders. He was actually directing traffic making sure that all the Muslims were prayed for. And God healed them because Jesus always touches people when they have faith. But he also touches people when they lack faith because he's merciful. He's good. Hallelujah. He's good. The, you know, the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, in Psalm 103. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Hallelujah. So anyway, the Lord bless you and we will continue more about about. Um, um he is our healer our lord is our healer our lord jesus bore our diseases carried our pains with His stripes we are healed so this is so yes yesterday we finished talking about uh, the lord is the ever-present one which corresponds with yahweh Shamma in the old covenant and now we are talking about the lord is our healer which corresponds with yahweh rafa in the uh in uh, you know in in the old covenant, but anyway, uh, let let me pray with you, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this. I ask you that you would touch them and you would bless them and meet every need that they have. Father, if anybody is sick or diseased in their homes, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you bore those diseases and infirmities upon your own self and with your stripes we have been healed. I thank you, Father. Do your work in their lives, in their spirits, in their souls, in their bodies, in their minds. Lord, you are good and you are gracious and merciful. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Well, uh, as I said to you at the beginning, do write to me and let me know what the Lord is doing in your life. and. God bless you, and I'll be seeing you again tomorrow.